I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and our lives are in danger, you beatnik. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and it bears repeating that I am determined to enjoy, to enjoy myself. myself. <laughs> I'm perfectly prepared, you know. <laughs> Uh, I am perfectly prepared. I mean, I, you know, I can't not start with Eileen Brennan again. This yes. is the second episode in a row. Not not in a row. We didn't, yeah. I don't know how we didn't talk about her in the Poltergeist episode. Yeah. But uh, this is the second episode in the running of B- BSP episodes where I just have to start with Eileen Brennan. I, yeah, I feel like it's Christmas morning. I actually had, like, we were just talking off mic about sleeping patterns, and I had the worst night's sleep. I've been up since 5 a.m. this morning, and I just was up. Like, my, my brain woke me up. I was just, like, nothing was distracting me outside. I just, like, got up, and I was like, I guess I'm going to get up now. And then I just um, I just kind of did some things. You know, putzed around with some other podcasting stuff, took a little bit of notes. It's actually been a uh, like a pretty nice morning, but I've been up for a while. But I am ready to talk about yeah. Clue. This is my this is my moment. <laughs> this is your moment. This is you know the the hours episode was a warm up. Oh um, God, yes. <laughs> there are so many things to talk about. The women of Clue, really, more specifically. But yes, I mean, I think it it's it's uh, it. I think we should also honor some of the men in this as well, too, mm-hmm. just briefly. I mean, Tim Curry is like a BSA within his own right, too, especially in this movie. And even uh, Mr. Green as well, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Tim Curry is certainly worth mentioning because it's it, it, especially once you get to the, the last act of the movie and he's yes. reenacting everything. It is a phenomenal performance. It's just it's incredible and it just yeah. it's that reminder that he is just like in a different league. It it's he carries those scenes and yet somehow everyone else contributes and doesn't get lost in the mix. It's it's great ensemble work at the same time. Oh yeah, it's like Miss it's like Eileen Brennan can barely keep up with the group as she runs too. She's the oldest gal in the bunch too, so that would yeah. be me as well, the caboose. The caboose. Um, yeah. But he Ugh. is working overtime. It's one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. And and it's just yeah. like it's such a dream to just like <clears throat> get to explain all that plot and do impressions of people. I I love that. That's Yeah. It's incredible. I I feel like if this was if there was a stage version of this, like there would be a whole set piece and maybe if it was a musical it would be a whole song but this would be the moment that wins someone a tony you know yes it would be like a quick patter song or something like yes yes oh i mean i i normally don't um fantasize about musical versions of things that i love but i feel like in this case not that i could see clue the musical happening but if it did 
that would be the the shining moment, I think. Well, Colin, there is a clue the musical. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> but look I, at me. I know, just uh, egg all over prophesizing, my face. Yes. Um, uh, I will say though that it's garbage. I think I okay. have not seen it. I know that like a many local community theater in my you know you know the greater Pittsburgh area has done it. It's it's one of those. I don't know. It's like a, it's just like a crowd pleaser sort of thing. I think it's just like fluff. No shade to the people that wrote Clue the musical. I I admire anyone who can write a full musical because I sure. certainly can't. But uh, yeah, there is a Clue the musical. Wow. Strangely enough, yes. Oh, I wonder if I wonder if they've gone so far as an original cast recording. <laughs> oh, I mean, possibly. But uh, to my knowledge, or at least what can I, I can assume is that it's it's not really anything to do with the film or like the, I don't think. There are, it's not based on the film. Okay, I see, I see. So that they, I know about. If it is, then let me know because I would love to see that. But yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I guess I guess I'm just psychic. Um, yeah. And really. I, and then the question remains: like, is there is there any sort of if it's not based on the movie, that means that there isn't any moment dedicated to flames at the side of my face, which is yeah, disappointing. I know. That's like a song in its own right, too. Exactly. Yeah. I think most people know. I, I just assume also, too, but it's important to know right off the bat that that line was completely improvised. It was just Madeline Kahn forgetting a line. And I I did not know that for the longest time. I just thought mm-hmm. it was her comedic genius but it is a little bit of both it's her forgetting the line but also her like moving like she's just trying to get it out and you can see tim curry look at her and even mm-hmm. they, they flash over to leslie ann warren just like almost laughing mm-hmm. uh god yeah, why o- good yeah yeah i was gonna say like over her shoulder you can see martin mole watching her and i and once i had read that the line was ad-libbed and i didn't realize it was because she forgot a line there is that great tentativeness of like like I feel like um, you can see similar moments in like outtakes of Parks and Rec when like Chris Pratt would like invent lines and everyone would be like, oh, okay, we doing this? Yeah. And, and they yeah. all kind of just go with it, which is yes. great. Um, yes. And you know what's crazy about that moment too is that it's, at least when you think of like the original version of Clue and the fact that the, you know, you didn't know which ending you were going to see. This was a line that is like one of the best lines in the movie and only like a third of the audiences were seeing it. Yes. I mean, let's talk about that, too. It's like, um, oh, first of all, too, before we get away from the uh, the I would I mean, I don't know what the things I would do for like a blooper reel on this movie, like filming this movie. Oh I God. don't know why they haven't released it. It's like, why? Who do we have to call? To get just this raw footage, even if it's like 16 hours long, I would watch every second of this. Yeah, especially if it's 16 hours long. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We have the time. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's not on the DVD. It's not anywhere, which is sad. But anyways, yes. um, For those of you who have not seen the movie Clue, it's uh, first of all, just stop the podcast and go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. So it's uh, most people have Prime nowadays. So yeah, go for it and then come back because there are spoilers ahead but uh it's a cool idea in theory too like when this was um like the theatrical release every they would just have alternate endings there are three alternate Mm -hmm. endings um which we'll get to because i want to know which one you like the most too or which one actually you think works the best too but we'll get to that when we actually work our way through the movie but i think it's cool but yeah like you said it's uh no people it's only in the third ending that mrs Mm -hmm. um mrs white says that her famous flames on the side of my face monologue um 
Yeah. Really, and it's I just a couple lines, but anyway. Right. I know. I always remembered it to be so much longer. Yes. And the fact that it cuts away from her, I'm like, it, it reminds me of in Network. I'm like, go back to Beatrice Strait. She's yes. yelling. <laughs> she gets to a few moments. I know. Six minutes. Is yeah. she looking at the fridge? What's she doing? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, then say it. Say that you love her. And say it. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, it's... um. Indeed, as you said, we are here to talk about the the women and some of the men of Clue, the BSAs, if you will, of Clue, yeah. um, which is an interesting, just to kind of as a leaping off point, and if mm-hmm. and if people need a more relevant reason for a, a podcast called Best Supporting Podcast to talk about a movie where there's no nominations, is that all of the women in this movie have been nominated for a Supporting Actress Award. Yes. So, whether it be mm. Oscar or Razzie. <laughs> Yeah, or anything in between. Yes. Yeah. So these are all best supporting actresses, uh, literally. Yes. Oh gosh. And I, there's so much to say. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my tongue for a moment here, or bite my tongue, whatever it is. Um, And I want to talk about first of all. I want to before I forget because I know it's something that we we can easily gloss over. But the music at the beginning to me is so like I. I think it really does work for this movie, and it's always stuck in my head. Like as soon as I start, as soon as I hear that opening, it works. It's not, of course, it's not like you know, it's no John Williams uh, film score, but it, it's there's not too much music within the movie. There's a lot of ominous sort of like dun dun mm-hmm. moments, but, and then shake, rattle, and roll. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's funny. I fe- you're right. I feel like it. it it's funny you say that there isn't a lot of music because it's almost like the Madeline Kahn flames of the side of my face speech. I remember the music to be so much more mm-hmm. um, because it is such a distinct score. And I think partially because it has become a cult movie. I think that's one of those things about a cult movie is that we go to the meta and there's yeah. these things that become then these familiar cues. And it's like the music becomes it's almost like this is what lulls you into Yes. Um, the experience, oh. you know? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I I feel like you've probably seen Clue more times than I have, oh, and yet I can hear the music immediately. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. And that font, I always associate the music with a font. <laughs> oh, yeah, the why. font's like, dun-dun, because it's like, bum, bum, mm-hmm. bum, 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 and then it's, uh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so, uh, before I get into sort of my personal experience, my love letter to Clue, too, yes. what is your experience with this movie? When was the first first time you saw it uh tell me about it so this i was thinking about this this morning because my there's certain elements of this movie that i was like oh i forgot i forgot its influence on like basically what i'm trying to say is i forgot how when i first saw it when i was probably like in i don't know let's say fourth or fifth grade sometime sometime before sixth grade sometime before the age of 12 when i figured out that i was gay I remember seeing Clue, and I remember understanding that Leslie Ann Warren was "quote unquote" sexy for yes. like as a woman, and that this was something that men would be attracted to—the boobs and the way she she carried herself. And I remember like that being like a, just a, a a weird way, like a catalog piece in my head mm-hmm. of like sexy woman Leslie Ann Warren and Clue, and that yeah. always like just was my my example. And so that was, I mean, it's weird. Like, I feel like I, Clue is such a movie to have a gay man's point of point of view on because there's fabulous women in it, because there is a quote unquote, you know, gay character in it. Yes. Because it has that like 
campy gay quality to mm-hmm. it. But it's like my first reference point of clue is my like pre-gay years. And so I love that. Yeah. I, there's so many things in my life that I feel like harken back to my my sexual uh, identity and my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that Eileen Brennan wasn't a part of that in terms of like not necessarily sexual but just like appreciating divas <laughs> oh. yeah no that, I, yeah colin just that, gave a great gesture everyone <laughs> it was like you had a, a boa just like suddenly <laughs> appeared on your shoulder <laughs> your neck you were like you did that determined to enjoy Determ- myself oh. shoulder yes that's <laughs> my 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 number one favorite micro moment nuance in the whole movie is when she turns and does determined against her shoulder. So I'm oh. I'm honored to have recreated that in some way. There's so many more moments too that yeah. with Eileen Brennan. But it, it's keep going. Sorry to mm-hmm. interrupt you, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think obviously I've come to later, you know, recognize even Leslie Ann Warren instead of is like, oh, this is who's sexy. I'm like, oh, I see you as a gay man now. I yeah. I, I get your appeal in a new way. Of so. Course. So Clue was always one of those things that I enjoyed as a kid. I I don't think I, obviously kids don't get the like meta cult level of it, you know, and and that kind of quality of watching it a thousand times and knowing what the lines that are coming and, you know, to the point where people do like Rocky Horror versions of this, where people perform Clue in front of the movie in the theater. Oh, yes. I would... I would I want to do like a one woman show where I just do all the women of Clue <laughs> totally. like that. That's what I need to take on the road. Totally, just the women. Yeah, uh, that's what it's called. Just the women, and just then it the could be anything I want. Really, I could do Absolutely. Clue. I could do Steel Magnolias. Ugh. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what this podcast is. It's I was going to say women. it's a good alternate name, just the women. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I feel like I've that's kind of been my experience with Clue, and as I've gotten older. Every time I watch it again, you know, like it was one of our first Matreons for All Right Mary. Every and so like each time I've kind of done that level of watching and analysis, I've peeled back the layers of clue and like yes. started to really see each time I see something new. So I'm kind of in that still exploration phase, oh, Blake. So oh, there's jealous. a new nuance, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so much to discover too because yeah. Uh, so uh, cuz uh, we t- we were texting yesterday uh, yesterday too because you said um, you sent me the clip of the oh my god, of course, um, which, was, which was of course a Mrs. Peacock line, which Johnny has said to you multiple times on All Right, Mary. No, I shouldn't yeah. say multiple, but like enough for me to. I got it, of course, I got yeah. it. And He's, you I mean, would... he said it in conversation off yes. off air, and I had I just thought it was just a voice. Yeah. Yes, because it it can be that, but I I I knew you weren't getting it, but now you will, which is all that matters, really. It's yeah. just like we have to make these references, but. Um, my, my first experiences, uh, with Clue was I had, um, it was one of those like, um, friends of my mom's who we called like an, an aunt, her name was aunt Uh Shan. Um, we used to go like my brother and my, uh, my cousin Adam and I would just go over to her house every once in a while. We would, she taught me how to play poker. She is, she's still really great to this day. She is awesome. She's a really cool lady. She never had kids. A wise woman. Mm, uh, yeah. And like we that. would just like, you know, we played poker with pennies and we would watch like some movie that she would just like introduce the movies that she loved to us. But for some reason, the only one that I can remember is Clue, because once I saw it, I was forever changed. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, really. It's like I was it was definitely same era as you. It's like pre-gay era uh, where I I just knew that there were, this was 
on a different frequency than like anything I had seen before. And we've talked, of course, in the past of like the importance of funny women in a gay man's like, uh, you know, certainly a sort of um, formation of their cataloging years and what mm-hmm. they what they latch onto. And I've always loved funny women and I know you do too. But for some reason, it's like I always knew and appreciated Mrs. Peacock but I, I never really have fully appreciated her until maybe the last couple of years. And mm. I, I, sh- I say Mrs. Peacock, but Eileen Brennan really in this movie. But Mrs. Peacock too, because they're they're both two separate entities, but they serve the same purpose anyways. But for me, it was always about Mrs. White. I was like, Madeline Kahn is it. She is mm. the be all end all. And she is funny. I'm not going to say she's not because uh, she certainly is. But it really is about Eileen Brennan in this movie. There is There's no question that she is doing it's like this is my joe beth williams <laughs> you know what yes, i mean like yes I, yeah if she uh-huh. was nominated for um private benjamin it's like why couldn't they give her a nomination for this like i i know because the the things that she and like yeah it is sort of like cult classic film and like it wasn't commercially a success or anything like that but like mm-hmm. people oh people had to have seen the level of i don't commitment and genius and like i could go on and on and on but Mm -hmm. um it's my ultimate barometer for anyone who i meet and we're talking about movies or uh tv shows or anything like that if there's someone who knows and appreciates clue and can like keep up with me as well and i don't know every quote so i'm sure i will misquote some things but um it's definitely a sign of like oh you're you're definitely my kind of person too and we Mm -hmm. because it's just like it's like when you and I've I've shown this to so many people and I always have like that expectation of like they're going to love it as much as I do and I right. can't wait to talk about it. And I've showed it to Keon and he likes it, but he's okay. not over the moon about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he had a good laugh, but he didn't really want to watch it again, <laughs> which, uh, you know. <laughs> but you guys are working through it. And we're it's working. Okay. Yeah, we're in counseling. It's OK. <laughs> uh, I totally get that. Right. It's that thing. It's that. It's that classic experience of I am in love with this thing and I want to show it to you and now I'm trying to not watch you watch it the whole time. Yes. And I want to see if you're getting the moments that I, know, I like. Yes. I know, I know, and it never we I think no matter what it is, and it's never the other person's fault, it's because we've built it up so much that it's like, oh my god, like you have to come you have to arrive at the same peak I am the first time out of the gate. And if you don't it's it's it you can it can be very much a letdown. Um, yeah, yeah. So I and I totally yeah. get what you mean. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's like I've had you know, seventeen eighteen years of this movie in my life. So like, yeah. how could he possibly get that? You know, um, totally. And it's totally. it works the opposite way too. Like he shows me movies and I'm like, oh brother. <laughs> um, so it's fine, <laughs> right? But it really is. Uh, it it's such an important. I think it just really kind of sparked the my taste for comedy and like what mm-hmm. I really kind of uh, determine to be funny and how I how I want my women to be acting and my women. I didn't mean to say it like that. Right. Um, you know, my ladies that I like to watch. Um, and it's kind of it's there's a pattern. And it's, this is really kind of like ground zero for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the women in this movie, the four women in this, if we're not counting the cook um, with her, um, should be Dinner award be ready winning. at seven thirty. <laughs> that was almost that was almost my opening line. It's the worst line reading in all of cinema, really. <laughs> Truly, 
Can you imagine like, okay, can you say it one more time? Right. Can Could we get some inflection? Um, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, she's not given a lot. She has to hold a knife and like sound intimidating. So it, right. it sucks for her. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the bulk of her work was being tossed around as a dead body I with know. a knife in her back. So um, she wasn't hired for her line delivery. Yes. But of the other four women, each of them, in a way, has a sort of archetype quality mm-hmm. that I think, especially as gay men, you know, uh, lady loving men, like there is something about each of them that I think, you know, it's a little gay whistle tone. It's a little bit yes. of ringing that bell of like, oh, I recognize that, you know, like the, the kind of... Um, confident sexiness of of miss scarlet or yvette or the baddiness of miss peacock or just i think Mm -hmm. with madeline khan it's all of the unpredictable contained insanity like it's all the fact that it's it's in there and she very rarely lets it show that i think you're just like watching like oh what's she gonna do next and and that's my favorite thing to do is watch a woman in a movie and go oh my god what's she gonna do next yes So, so i think that makes sense that like the women in this movie there's elements of each of them that I think classically appeal to gay men. Um, yeah. In that sort of, you know, non-sexual way. Absolutely, yes. So uh, I guess it's time to get into this. I want to start um, with, I would actually like to start with the singing telegram girl. <laughs> oh, all right. Wow. got to give that, her a shout out. You know? Sure. The Beatrice Strait of the movie. Oh She's my got... gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like, it's, I mean, it's a great choice because that is one of the lines I've always held on to is I am your singing telegram gunshot. Like that's, yes. um, it, it's like a ringtone at this point. Oh yeah. It's perfectly timed. It's like your singing telegram poof, slam. Yeah. Door. It's just yeah. like all in perfect harmony. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Um, but she was played by an actress named Jane Wheedlin. Mm-hmm. Um, she did some other stuff. I feel like she was like in a Bill and Ted's, you know, some kind of movie I saw on yeah, IMDb too. Yeah. But she's also, most recently, she was a writer on Stranger Things. She writes for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and also The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. So she's still working as a writer, oh, which is great. Yeah. So good on you, Jane. Um, there's not really too much to say because she only has one line. She's great. She's beautiful. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, she's um, and, I, and it's great to be someone in a movie for five seconds has one line and is one of the most memorable lines in moments yes. in the movie. Yes. That says a lot. Yeah. It really does. Even the way mm-hmm. she like falls when she's shot is great. <laughs> I yeah. feel like yeah. it's, it's, it packs a punch. It's like a very small punch, but it um it's definitely memorable in every sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you acknowledged her. I, I was uh I was leaving her out, but yes. she's a, she's an important part of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of uh, we just talked about her before, but I want to move on to the cook next, played by Kelly Nakahara. Mm-hmm. Um her name is actually Mrs. Hill. Um because I thought because I sometimes you have to like interpret Tim Curry's dialect to it sounds like mm-hmm. you said Mrs. Howell, but it's Mrs. Hill. I looked it up. Um, okay. And her only line is dinner will be ready at seven thirty, like we just talked about. And mm-hmm. just she's in the movie but she's dead for the most of the, like the majority of her screen time too. So, um, and she's also played for like humor too and her size, mm-hmm. which is not great, but uh, you know, she got paid. Yeah. It's kind of nuts that like in terms of the cook, 
what we know most about her is is lines repeated about her of like, look what happened to the cook. Like, oh, one of my favorite so, Mrs. Peacock lines. Yeah. So I think about the cook because I think about the line, look what happened to the cook. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's almost the same way for singing Telegram. It's like there's callbacks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that make when me I think feel remembered. Go ahead. Yeah. That's the power of these cult movies is that like, mm-hmm. and I think what I love about them is that cult movies are literally celebrations of nuance because you watch it so many times that you that people can find just these little micro moments this minutia you know yes and then that's the moments you wait for in a scene and that's the moments that people yell out in response to in a scene and um like if you're watching a more like interactive you know viewing of clue yes. and i think i love that because it does give highlight and um, some recognition to other to the cook or the singing telegram yeah. who are you know not major characters Yes, exactly. Uh, so next I want to move on. Let's move on to Yvette because I feel that she's, you know, she's the fourth woman. She, yeah. She's she's pretty involved in this movie. I mean, granted, it obviously is about the, the three other women, but this is such a great addition. Obviously, this is not um, a piece in the board game. This was uh, an addition to the movie mm-hmm. or for the movie, rather, played by Colleen Camp and her glorious breasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Colleen Camp, who has such a weird career. She has yeah. been in so many movies, and so many of them are garbage. And I kind of just feel like she's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that'll be fun. Like, I, yeah. she, I get the impression she's like, oh, yeah, I love to work. I love to act. I don't really care. Like, I don't know. But she has – her. if you go through her, like, filmography, it's, like, routinely terrible movies and then a few, a few gems. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, she was in. Oh, go ahead. Were you gonna? Say oh, I was gonna say. Else? And she just to just to mention as well of of the the turkeys and bombs she was in. She is our two time Razzie nominee for worst supporting actress on the list. Wow. She, she's been nominated for a movie with Morgan Fairchild called The Seduction, and then she was nominated for Sliver, which was uh, like 1993 with Sharon Stone. Oh yes. And uh, I just seen part of, and I've seen a bit of her in it. And yeah, she's terrible. The whole movie's garbage. But I'm um, sure yeah. So I kind of love that too. Is she's a two time worst supporting actress nominee? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's also, like, as I was looking, she was in um, one of the Wayne's World movies as well. Um, she's also, she was also in the movie Joy with Jennifer Lawrence that came mm-hmm. out. Uh, she was in the movie Grandma with Lily Tomlin. American Hustle she was in. Ameri- I have opinions about American Hustle. But, um, yeah, so it's like she's still working. Uh, yeah. And good for her. It's like if that's, if you're still, because, like, she has a lot of, how many credits does she have here on IMDb? Typically, 145, I wow. think. Wow, good for yeah. her. And she'll show up in a movie where you're like, oh, Colleen Camp had one line in that as a detective. It's yes. Like, she shows up in random roles where she's, like, 20th build. And I'm just like, I, I mean, hey, uh, she's she's a woman over 50 in Hollywood still getting roles. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. good for her. Yes. And I would say um, her French dialect is not too shabby i mean it's it's perfectly comical at the same time too like but people you buy it just for the sake of the movie too i think you're like it's more forgiving because of the movie too but um she i mean one of my favorite just like i love all the yvette mr green stuff it's some Mm -hmm. of my favorites like it's some of my favorite stuff for him too but but he also is great i mean uh i saw michael is it michael mckeon right Mm -hmm. yeah i saw him as edna turnblad in hairspray on broadway 
It was oh, like one, wow. Yeah, and he was great. He was really yeah. great. And he was also in like the Brady Bunch movies. He was the next mm-hmm. door neighbor. He was he's best in really, show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, um, um, he's always really good, and he does it in this movie too, but he's one of the few straight male actors that I love watching play gay. Like he... He yeah. plays gay so well and so authentically and so like I don't know, just like spot on. And even if it's not gay, there's like a feminine quality that he can bring out that I that's I always true. love. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting, especially since I saw him in Hairspray too. It, it's like it mm-hmm. worked. I he was sensational. I, I really really remember that performance too. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about Michael McKeon now. One of my favorite Yvette lines is when they're like picking the. Uh, you know the the what do they call it? the locks lots what are, well draw lots l o t s I don't know what that means look like matchsticks to me yeah just like know. really long matchsticks so there's yeah. probably some word that I'm just I don't know what it's called but um oh no I think it's when they're deciding to split up and she's mm-hmm. I don't know what she says in French but she says bon de con but it is dark upstairs and I'm frightened of the dark <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that line is always in my head I don't know why. Um, it's not something that I say out loud, but I say mm-hmm. to myself quite frequently. Yes, and I can hear like every little note of that. Um, but I am frightened, of, like the the Z and Zidak. Like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. She is. What I like about Colleen Camp in this is, it's it's someone. It, it's like sexy played by funny. Like I think that that combo where someone is inherently funny and then is playing sexy. I think. Um, it kind of pokes fun at the sexiness. And I think mm-hmm. that that's part of what I love about Yvette is that even though she's in the French maid's outfit and the boobs are out, it's like she's in on it. The movie's in on it. Everyone's mm-hmm. in on like kind of the ridiculousness of, of Yvette. And the fact that like, you know, spoiler, like it is all fake. It isn't real. Yes. She's yes. not a maid. She's not French. And so you, when you kind of then go back and watch it again, you're like, oh, I love this because it's supposed to be not really a hundred percent authentic yes it's like just a twinge of ridiculous but for the most part pretty uh, i almost said buyable but that's not a word you buy it is Mm -hmm. maybe what i'm trying to say yeah uh, for the most part i think my favorite moment of hers my favorite like micro moment of of yvette is when she is in the billiard room listening to the recording and like playing with the, the pool balls yes and just like sitting there like having a drink and listening it's a great like screenshot like i would print that and like put it on my wall it's such a great <laughs> shot because she's just hanging out it's, yeah it's, it's a, a great gif yeah it's a great moment and yeah she's casually playing with the with the billiard balls it's great yeah because it's almost like she's in control of the moment she's like i, I wish she almost had like a cigar in the other hand but she has just mm-hmm. like uh, the cognac yeah um yeah, I, that's what is exactly what I was going to say before too. What you mentioned is that she's she's smarter than we think she is too. At the same time, because she's in on this whole thing, which you would only see again if you saw the third ending. Um, the other endings don't have that reveal. Oh, oh I'm wait, no, not... never mind, never mind. I'm okay. stupid. <laughs> I okay. was just saying, um, no, because she she breaks character in the actual but, movie yes mm-hmm, not yeah. the third not the third ending sorry about that yes that's all right yeah 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 i remember like it took me a long time to realize in her last moment that she was dropping the accent i was like oh oh she's not even french like yeah for some reason it took me a while to like really discern that and um but that it's not i mean it is like sort of fully explained but i mm-hmm. love that in the moment it's not 
Yes. And so you're like, what is going on with her? It's, uh, um, yeah, she's a, she's a great addition for not being an original character. She feels like a really integral part of the story. Yes. Yeah. And like Professor Plum, Christopher Lloyd, it's, he's probably my least favorite character because he is a little bit of a sleazebag uh, at the same time, too. But I do like the relationship with him and Yvette's boobs. It's, mm-hmm. it's like pure objectification, of course. But like it's even that. I mean, that's never funny, of course. But like there's something about the movie like that. It's like the same thing with Miss Scarlett. It's like she knows she's a beautiful woman. Yvette mm-hmm. knows she's a beautiful woman. She knows like just like with the they're always out and like the fact that he kind of mm-hmm. like l- like whenever she's serving him like soup or something he just like nestles into it it's great mm-hmm. yeah Ugh. well that's it's funny that idea of like there's a lot of yeah like objectification of of you know miss scarlet or or yvette in this movie and i think it's the fact that they they're like well they they are fully aware that their that their cleavage is out and they don't care and they're like yeah, well, you know, you got it. Show it. And I, there's a sense of kind of how you said with Yvette, she's smarter than we think. And Miss Scarlet is also, and obviously we'll talk about her, but she's, she is not, if anyone's objectifying anyone, she's doing the objectifying, you know, like yes. she's, she wields the sexual power. So I don't feel like they're being, I'm not concerned about them. You yeah, know what I mean? I, they, I, they, it's not like unsafe or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not worried about them. And that's exactly, I think that's the perfect segue into Miss Scarlet. So let's, let's yeah. get into her. Leslie Ann Warren, Oscar nominated for Victor Victoria. And um, also Razzie Award nominee ooh. for Best Worst Supporting Actress for a movie called Color of Night from the early 90s. Wow. Um, Worth finding, especially the unrated version, if you would like to see Bruce Willis in the nude. Wow. <laughs> and I mean everything. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I mean. Yeah. And it's Bruce Willis up. at his prime. I was it's just like, going to say, in the 90s, you said? 93. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> I could picture it. I really can. I'm, it's, oh, it's, it's me. It's great. And the movie is great garbage it's so campy it's so over the top it's like a murder mystery thriller um and i haven't even seen the whole thing but uh i saw what i needed to see so um recommended highly love that uh so what are your thoughts on miss scarlet colin what what is your takeaway for uh with leslie in this performance you know when we talked about this i can't remember if it was on air or just you know chit-chatting but i think we were kind of talking about you know the the ranking of the women in clue and who we kind of were drawn to the most yeah and i think i had also kind of had in my mind like yeah you know i I think no spoilers that eileen brennan is at the top of the list yeah and then madeline khan has kind of earned the second slot Mm -hmm. and then there's there's leslie ann warren she's great and i'll tell you this last this last rewatch i got a whole new appreciation for how good leslie ann warren is in this yes 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 they're all it great is... i i had trouble with this arranging too but go ahead yes no but i mean it's i think what i really saw this time around is uh she's such a full bodied performance like she's mm. always like there's it's similar to like eileen brennan every part of her is acting you know yes. and um what i also like about leslie ann warren is it's it's kooky playing sexy. Like, I, you know, kind of like funny playing sexy. She's also kind of kooky and kind of like a little... There's something about Leslie Ann Warren that is feels a bit more like a character actress than 
a, a vixen, an ingenue yeah. vixen, and yet here she is playing the vixen with character actress vibes. And Ooh, I love that. I love that. I just mm-hmm. i I love her character, and I kind of now, to be honest, I get why I was so drawn to her when I was younger. Yes, I I'm so into her vibe and her energy and and how confident she is and how like unapologetic she is. I I mean. Eileen Brennan forever, Mrs. Peacock forever at the top of the list, but I think that Miss Scarlet might be my second favorite now. Wow. Okay. I know. I know. I support it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it too is like there's nothing like I think every time she walks into the um I guess is it the library where they're having drinks uh, mm-hmm. in the very first scene. I I like audibly gasp at how beautiful she is in that mm-hmm. dress. Like I, I do love the sort of sort of Jurassic Park like wrapped not raptor but that thing that like spits yep (laughs) yeah whatever that is yeah that coat that she has is crazy but um once she takes it off she just like walks in and she's just like va va voom and the way she enters a room i feel is so crucial to like Mm -hmm. it just tells you everything that you need to know about her yeah yeah i i love kind of just the mental image of her and whether or not it happens it's what i picture is her kind of leaning up against a table holding a cigarette and kind of just like a slight movement of her shoulders while she talks. Yeah, you the, know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's that, that, that body language that just feels so kind of fluid and, um, and sexy, but like then 10% weird, you know? Yeah. I love that her and Mrs. Peacock both smoke. I think that's yes. just like all, I mean, we love cigarette acting here on the BSA or the best supporting mm-hmm. pod. And, um, I think that's it's crucial for her. I think it's uh, it would have been mm-hmm. a different character, not completely different character, but like it makes sense for her to smoke. And I love that. It, yeah, like, it might not make as much sense for Mrs. Peacock to smoke, but it does with like her voice and everything too. Like I think mm-hmm. it makes sense that she might not always smoke, but she does smoke at the same time. It's like it's a little hidden secret or something like that. Right, that's come out in these stressful times. But Miss Scarlet just freely smokes. Um, yeah, is unabashed about it, and yeah, it's it it's a great prop. I mean, I think in some ways it's like if Melissa Leo did not have a cigarette in the fighter, oh then yeah, it, it just wouldn't be the same. It's part yeah. of. It's almost like I I feel like <clears throat> granted I am not an actor, but I feel like to get into a certain character, I can understand like well, if I kind of like you know get into a certain posture, or I suddenly I start smoking a cigarette, then the character comes out, you know, and and I feel like kind of lighting a cigarette and and uh casually smoking it is a great entry point into sinking into the character of Miss Scarlet. For sure. I mean even when we f- like her first introduction to her is on the side of the road. Like she can get someone to stop a car just by the way she positions her body. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people would probably look anyway if they saw a car on the side of the Rome, the Rome, the road. But Professor Plum, it's just perfect that Professor Plum, because he's the horniest of the bunch, right? Um, is happens to be there too. And I just love the like she adjusts her skirt, and then at the very last second, the the kick of the leg. It's just perfect. She mm-hmm. she knows her body, and she knows her body as like. Miss Scarlet and Leslie Ann Warren also knows her body like as a as an actress, which I think is so important because it is how she gets what she wants within this movie, too. It's like I think she knows when to turn that Mm -hmm. on and when to I wouldn't say turn it off because she's always kind of in that state of seduction almost. Um, But also 
yeah, like, uh, I don't know. She's just like a strong bitch. Like, I just love her. I think that like there's she's she seems like almost calculating and maybe at times I wouldn't say threatening. That sounds dramatic. But she's also like in control. And she's like, I feel like she's smarter than all mm-hmm. of the men in the movie. Maybe not as smart as Wadsworth or even Mr. Green. <laughs> but um, but right. I think it's it's like they when women are in it's the same thing we talked about with Yvette too it's like don't underestimate Miss Scarlet but I think that Miss Scarlet whereas Yvette's a little bit more covert about her like the fact that she actually knows what's going on and is a part of everything Mm -hmm. Miss Scarlet she's a businesswoman yeah as well it's like she she um she's probably seen a lot um uh in in her work I'd say and she's probably had to deal with a lot so you see um it sort of just is factored into the essence of Miss Scarlet. Yeah, there, <clears throat> there's an element of how she's she's a bit amused by it all that I think yeah. reads, you know, in, in that she she doesn't get flustered the same way that Miss Peacock does or even, you know, Mrs. White. Like, I think she... Uh, I don't want to say she has a one-of-the-boys quality, but she is one of the tougher people in the room, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she can drink, like, scotch with the rest of the boys, mm-hmm. too. Like, mm-hmm. she's not afraid... Um, and I think really when he does, when, uh, Colonel Mustard says anyone else want a whiskey, she's like one of the first people to say yes. Mm-hmm. And I love that pour of his where he pours like just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. I think, that, I think I missed that nuance. Oh, see. I, oh, it's so good. I, yeah. You could have been typing discover. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, it's, it's just like four glasses and he just like pours it all over the oh, place. Oh, okay. Now spills. I think I can picture that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Miss Scarlet, she is, uh, you know. I guess if I wasn't gay, she could have been the, one of the first women uh, that I yeah. was attracted to. But alas, yes. attracted to her, but for all different reasons. Yes. And I also think she has a great scream when, like, the cook is found dead. Yes. It's like, that's where the, a little bit of that, what, did, what word did you just use? Was it quirky or zany? It wasn't zany. It kooky. Was, um, kooky. Yeah. Uh-huh. A little bit of kookiness comes in because it is... It's not really a scream that you expect to come out of her, but I'm glad mm-hmm. that it does. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it, it, it kind of you can you can almost see it rising up out of her diaphragm, and then it comes out yes. like this kind of weird bird call. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, great. It is, it yeah, is, it's like a hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I will say too, it's like one of my favorite. Mo- probably most quoted lines from the movie is the one plus one plus two plus one. Oh my um, god! Yeah. Too. So it's important that we mention that too because in the first ending, she is our star. She yeah. is uh, the killer. Yeah. She hires Yvette to kill the cook and Mister Body, and she does the rest of it. Yeah, uh, which I love too. <clears throat> well, and it's interesting that like it, all of the because obviously there's that Act One gun of like the the quote about the female sex being the deadliest, and then in all of yes. the endings, a woman is a killer. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Very, so, very true. Um, you know, and there's a part of me that it's always like, whenever the movie turns out like the woman is the killer, I'm like, oh, but who am I going to root for now? You know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's like, who oh, I identify with? <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I appreciate that, like, similar to Yvette, when you then kind of go back and watch it with that narrative, it's like, oh, of course. Yeah. She's the killer the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it, it works. It's like, mm. and obviously there's the explanation of how she does it too, because she's on the ground floor. She says she has access to everything too. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know how she gets the key. That's like, there's, I mean, I watched this movie so many times and back, like, because you have to kind of watch it once you know all the endings, especially all three endings. It's really difficult to make the movie 
I mean, it's not that difficult, but they have, I'm sure special care was taken to like, okay, um, uh, I almost called him Christopher Plummer. Um, I, I was like going to say Professor Professor Plum and... Um, Christopher Lloyd. And, yeah, and Christopher now we Lloyd. have Christopher Plummer. Yeah, <laughs> Christopher I, I see where you went. Yeah. Yeah, they had to make sure that like he wasn't in the room or he wasn't in the kitchen at, at least immediately when they went to find the cook because he was killing Mr. Body. And Mrs. Peacock wasn't in the billiard room when they found Yvette screaming mm-hmm. um but i do like that they paid attention to that too um, yeah yeah i it's guess it's like if you go back and watch it and like verify that all three endings could work that's that's yes. tricky to like i mean that's that's really impressive and I, I haven't done that i did i by the end i'm like i believe you i don't you know i don't need to do any fact checking but i could see the more you watch this movie the more you want to do that math yes i was also just thinking too it's like when the cop shows up i love that Miss Scarlet, you don't see it, but you know she's the one orchestrating everything because she says she's the only line she has is like make it look convincing, and then mm-hmm. she just grabs Professor Plum, takes him across the hall, and like it's like she knows what to do here. It's like she's right. probably covered up multiple murders at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, she um, again. It's one of those moments where it you know she is one of the toughest people in the room and is yes. not you know uh, the damsel in distress. And I feel like the movie even like makes jokes of that when they when there's like the shots of Mrs. White and Miss Scarlet having to heave the cook's body onto the couch and oh, yes. Professor Plum's directing them and it's there's just this fabulous two shot of and I didn't really fully appreciate it. It's like, oh my God, of course. He's like, you know, oh my God, of course. Oh my God, she, of course. <laughs> you know, that the joke of having the women do the heavy lifting. But um you know, Miss Scarlet, it's like, well, yeah, like I don't even really question Miss Scarlet doing like lifting a, a dead body. It's probably yes. not the first time. <laughs> yeah. I do love how comical it is in the very last ending when he, when Wadsworth is, t- uh, you know, kind of outing everyone with their individual murders and he gets to Miss Scarlet. He's like, true or false? And she's like, true. Who are you? Perry Mason? It's just like, it's, it's, but because it's so ridiculous that like she, right. he's, I, I'm, he's pointing out that you murdered someone and that's, that's her response to it. But yeah. Like, uh, but a funny little joke there in the scripts. Um, is there anything, I'm sure we will probably talk about Miss Scarlet more as we go along with like the interaction with other characters we're about to mention but is there anything you had uh before we move on to mrs white no i think i think i'm i'm good to yeah let's talk about mrs apparently her first name is blanche that's what amazon really x-ray told me mrs blanche white and it's the only character that they list having a first name so makes sense she's not it doesn't make yeah no she's not a blanche um so that's kind of like, who were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, doc- Dr. Lesh. Oh, yeah. Update on the Poltergeist episode. <laughs> yes, Apparently, please. her name is Dr. Martha Lesh. Yeah. And I reject. We reject I reject that. it. Yeah. Martha? Yeah. No. No shames to Martha's, but she's not a Martha. That's all. She's She is a Barbara or a Rebecca or yes. something with a big B in it. Yeah. Diane. She's a Diane in every sense Di- of the word. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Another Diane. Yes. <laughs> the movie Diane. Okay. Um, and I also want to mention, too, this does, not that this matters, but I just think it's interesting because it really does range that Leslie Ann Warren was 39 when she filmed the movie. Madeline Kahn was 43. And... Eileen Brennan was 53 so it's actually a pretty wide range of ages because that also went into my thought which we'll get into near the end here of who would we cast you know nowadays who are these Mm -hmm. like actresses um, that are around that age right now that we could probably cast but just wanted to throw that out there but 
Um, Madeline Kahn, who plays yes. Mrs. White's. What an entrance. Um, what an entrance. Uh, and just to mention in terms of BSAs, she is a two-time nominee yeah. for Blazing Saddles and Paper Moon. Yeah. Madeline yeah. Um, I mean, the entrance with the coat and that reveal, I mean, that's like gay whistle tones to a deafening degree. Yes, and there's like that little piano music underneath her. It's like bum mm-hmm. bum 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 And the fact I also love later on in the movie when Tim Curry does the impression. He's like, and Mrs. White shows up and she's all pale and tragic. <laughs> I love I love all that. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, they pan God. over to Mrs. White and she's like, ugh. Like it's <laughs> it's she's always a little bit annoyed as well. There's a lot of you you said this before too. It's like it's reserved in a way she's she's coming she looks like she's literally coming from her husband's funeral it's like yeah which makes sense it's like i'm very interested in the costume choice but i also think it's like spot on at the same time i don't know what i would change uh because it works yeah i am i was watching on youtube i don't think this ever fully got produced but apparently someone was making a documentary about the making of clue yes yes yes, yes, um and so i saw some different clips from that and someone was talking about madeline khan and the costumes and she was saying that like because she said to the costume designer like i don't know what you did or i don't know what this is but like when I get into these costumes, I find myself channeling Judy Garland and like doing all these Judy Garland kind of gestures and movements and like just body Ah, language. Interesting. And I'd have to go back and watch it again with the Garland eyes on. Yes. But the Garland uh, glasses, yeah, the Garland glasses, but um, my Judy specs, but I love that. I love the idea that there is a Judy Garland esque quality to Mrs. White. Yeah. I could see that a bit. It's like I I I don't know what kind of frame. It's like I don't know what I don't know anything about fashion, but like the way that right. it's it's like tightly fitted around her body and even like the shoes. I I feel like this is like super actory and I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, but like shoes are really big for me cuz it changes the way you walk and the way you move mm-hmm. too, but like clothes are obviously a little bit more important and can really kind of transform you. So that's cool. I love that. Um there was something else. I was yeah, say. I mean, I go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, I, and I feel like the thing that I guess I could see about like how the the costuming was kind of bringing the Judy out was there's a there's kind of a fragility to Mrs. White mm-hmm. that I think Judy had and brought to all her roles, and was I think part of what people really were drawn to about her is that there's this odd mix of fragility and strength, and I think Mrs. White is very similar. She has this kind of fragile quality and then there's just these moments um where she where she bursts out where she what's that moment where she like screams and and smashes the glass against the fireplace oh yeah she's like plays <laughs> yeah so you know it's in there and and partially because she shows us in the moments and partially because like we know Madeline Kahn we know what she's capable yes. of and so you're like I know there's just this zany like incredible comedic genius in that in that like contained little Mrs. White just trying to find moments to burst out. Yeah, she's not outwardly zany, but to call her and I I think I feel I did use this word to call her reserved doesn't feel right either. It's like the steadiness mm-hmm. in her voice and the delivery the, the the delivery is like what makes what makes the moments that are a little bit bigger seem like really delicious. It's like when mm-hmm. you're on a diet and suddenly it's a cheat day and they hand you a big yes. slice of chocolate cake. 
Um, yes. But she doesn't feel like a straight man by any means either, too. It's like the things that she says are super... They're, it's it's almost like they're they're already the lines themselves are already funny and i think this is why i really latch onto mrs peacock stuff because the line but look what happened to the cook is just like a stupid line and she mm-hmm. makes that i don't know if the like ah, after it that she does was written in there but right Yes, that is like, and I'm not saying that Madeline Kahn is incapable of doing that. It's just what she was given at the moment, too. It's like, she's like, uh, even when she says, like, it's a matter of life after death. Now that he's dead, I have a life. Just like that's Mm -hmm. those sort of one liners. (laughs) Like, that was his job. He was an illusionist, but he never reappeared. Well, he wasn't a really good (laughs) illusionist. Like, it's just, it's just like having the conversation and it's, it's already written on the page. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's what I do love about Madeline Kahn in this is that there is a matter of factness to these really absurd lines that I think is really smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, the moment like those lines in, in particular, are like, you know, men are like Kleenex and things like that. She, oh, yeah. she she delivers them as straight lines, but the lines are so wackadoo that that her delivery as a straight line is actually making it funnier. Yes. And she does have these like these moments of like feistiness too. It's like she has the the breaking of the glass and then she like Mm -hmm. i think they're looking for something and she's like life after death as is as improbable as sex after marriage the way she says it is so it almost Mm -hmm. sounds a little judy-ish you know what i mean she gets that like huskiness in her voice i don't know um yeah yeah another moment of hers that i think is also a great example of this weird dichotomy of uh straightforward delivery of absurd moments is and it's so small, but it's the it's the soup slurping scenes oh, uh, at dinner. I mean, and she the the reason that she makes that so funny is <clears throat> because she, as you were saying, she has this slight kind of like annoyance about Professor Plum slurping, and then there's just kind of this calm matter of fact turning to start eating her own soup, and the fact that she never puts an exclamation point on the physical humor mm-hmm. of slurping her own soup. She's doing it. She underplays it just slightly. And that's what makes it funnier is that she's not winking at you at the, about, you know, neither is the movie that this is the joke that she also slurps her soup. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a lot of thought that too, like someone, I mean, obviously we're just going in on everything too, but like it can, <clears throat> it can very easily be overlooked. Like it's still funny to people who aren't really looking further into it as well too. It works on mm-hmm. both levels. Um, I yeah. also want to say, cause this is something I will forget if I don't say it now. I just want to give like a moment of silence for the four person pratfall when they are running down. It's like Mr. Green, Yvette's, and it's also Mrs. White and, um, and Wadsworth when yes. it's like, uh, it's like, right. Oh, it's when, um, uh, when Mrs. or Miss Scarlet and Colonel Mustard find the motorist dead and they're locked in the room because it is mm-hmm. so well executed. But it's also like super funny. And like, I, I love when people fall. I think it's funny as long as everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, Mrs. White was a part of that. And I, and plus, like, she doesn't look like she could bend over at all in that dress. So it's funny that she, right. And right. the fact that Yvette's boobs like stayed intact during that fall is uh, a miracle. Yeah. I mean, those, those, uh, kind of group physical comedy moments, whether it's that moment falling or like just them running around following Wadsworth while he's recreating. Yes. It's, I think that that is uh, it's so challenging mm-hmm. to do that well. I mean, even even the moment where they're drawing the matchsticks, it's all a single cut, yeah. like single take. They don't cut it, and and it's you know uh, 
seven people having to kind of all interact without really lines, yeah. you know, and and they all have to kind of be featured and um and it it's there it, it it takes such teamwork to kind of make those scenes work. Yeah. You know? It's like all the women are like annoyed with who they're paired up with, but with with Mr. Yeah. Green and Yvette, he's annoyed that he's with Yvette. It's just the perfect totally. I was often I often think of like who would have been a better pairing, but I feel like they got it pretty right. Like I would not change yes. Mr. Green and Yvette's and like I would not put like Miss Scarlet with Professor Plum at all either too. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I also love, because when she, Miss Scarlet realizes what, that she's with Colonel Mustard, she just goes, <sighs> yes, that face. Yes, it's yeah. so great. And then uh, uh, Mrs. Peacock is with Professor Plum and he goes up there and he's like, it's you and me, honey bunch. And she's like, oh my God. It's like, oh, it's I'm, like a Patty and yeah. Selma worthy sort of like, <laughs> Totally. response there oh, oh my god. god i mean eileen brennan's nearly non-verbal responses yes oh god just golden um but uh yeah i mean i think in terms of mrs white uh it, it, certainly i think yeah the highlighting the highlight moment is the flames yes. inside my face um and it's i yeah i wish it went on longer i wish it was a whole monologue it would have been Ugh, so good. Yeah, it's 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 very short, but if I think that among other things is probably the most memorable. Like when when I bring this up to someone who has seen the movie but might not be as well versed, it's definitely a quote that is thrown out first, which I mm -hmm. respect. Like yeah. it's great. Um, but you know, if they said, "Oh my god," of course, if if I said, "Like, have you seen the movie Clue?" and they respond with, "Oh my god, of course," like that would then you would win. You would right. win gold star it's for the day. Right, then the deal is yes. sealed, yeah. The one other thing I would just say about Madeline Kahn, just kind of comparison to Leslie Ann Warren, is Madeline Kahn's scream. There's that part where I think oh, it's yes. like, there's, it's just there's sort of a chaotic moment, and I think it's like the window blows open or something. I can't remember what it is, but she has this like weird soprano oh, scream yes. that she does. <laughs> yeah, I do know that. Yes, yeah, it's right when Mrs. W uh, it's right before Yvette gets killed, which doesn't make sense because in the third inning, Mrs. White does kill Yvette. So it's crazy that she's mm. able to get downstairs that fast into the, the billiard room, but whatever. We're not splitting right. hairs here. Um, yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned her singing because one of my favorite things in this movie is when they sing for She's a Jolly Good Fellow and the Mrs. Peacock ending. Mm -hmm. And Madeline Kahn just going for the descant and the counter melody. Oh, <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. She's like, which nobody can deny. Oh, she says, oh. For mm -hmm. she's, it's like this like one little moment where she says oh and i just love it uh that's such a bsa moment is to yes. find that note instead <clears throat> yeah 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 uh it's it's incredible there was one other oh one of the things that i say quite often to keon and uh or just like in life is when um Mr. No, it's Professor Plum. They're looking at the negatives of like Miss Scarlet's like holding them up, and um, she's Madeline Kahn or Mrs. White says, "Oh no, no one can get in that position." And Professor Plum is like, "Let me show you." And then he like it's right before Yvette screams, he like mounts Mrs. White, and she says, "Get off me!" It's like this low guttural moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's. I feel like that's a running gag with the women in this movie is how they how they respond to get off of me or hey watch it. Like there's yes. how the women kind of bat back the men in this movie. Yes, yes, yes. And another thing that I don't really think is scripted, but I really love, is when they're figuring out they 
Wadsworth just reveals the the fact that the painting moves around, mm-hmm. and the, he's going into some explanation. He's like, "You knew uh, Yvette." He's like, "Don't deny it." She's like, and she's like denying. I'm not denying anything. And then he says another denial, and then she goes. <laughs> She like like oh. blows like it's so good. Yeah, it's blowing it's like a of the him. tongue. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. She's like, I know that, fine. I did know her. It's so perfect. That that, that did feel like an ad libbed moment. There there's yes. little like Madeline Conisms from like, oh, I think they just let her do that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And like you said, yeah, it's like we know what Madeline Kahn is capable of. I do like that it's reserved, but um, I wonder if there was like an alternate version of this character that was a little bit more outwardly zany, but I I think it's also perfect in its own mm-hmm. right. I mean, I think in terms of the ensemble and like, you know, the notes that everybody plays, so to speak, I think that it, it works perfectly in the mix. Like if she was as zany as Mrs. Peacock or if she was like as sexy as Yvette or, or Miss Scarlet, like I think, you know, even and even compared to the men, like I think we it would be a, a a note or a variation among the group that we would miss. I like that she's a little reserved. I like that you have to kind of keep an eye on her. I like that you don't know when she's going to get kind of like wackadoo or say something kind of um, absurd, but, you know, delivered straightforward. Like I love the mm-hmm. unpredictability of Madeline Kahn. So it totally works for me. Um, yeah. And it's hard to say that I like Leslie Ann Warren more, but maybe it's just because you get more from her at, yes. you know, right off the bat and you got to kind of keep an eye on mrs white yeah and and also just like or when she will get like emotional like when she starts mm-hmm. to cry when mm-hmm. um wadsworth reveals that she had friends who were socialists and then he starts to cry and then she like comes up to him and like she's crying and then she dabs the tissue like on his shoulder she's like doop 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 <laughs> like it's okay i'm here it's so unexpected but i i love that yeah uh mrs white's Mrs. White, well, yes, it's it's time. It's it's time time. for the main event. It's time to talk about Mrs. Peacock, uh, who, of course, as we all know, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. This is, of course, Eileen Brennan. Oh, my God, of course, for uh, Private Benjamin. She also, uh, which we didn't mention at all in the Private Benjamin episode, won both an Emmy and a Golden Globe for the TV version. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. But we're saying it now. Yes. We're saying it now. Uh, And uh, she was also a Razzie nominee for Worst Supporting Actress for the New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking. Oh, yes. Which I feel like so, I saw that in elementary school, but I don't remember Eileen Brennan at all in that movie. I tried looking yeah. it up on YouTube, but I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I'm going to try to track it down. I feel like that's one of those movies that I need to... I I know it as this part of my childhood, and I need to go retread those steps. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, go anyway. on. You, you go first, Colin. What are, okay. what are your thoughts? Tell me about Mrs. Peacock. I... I think that Mrs. Peacock is the best supporting actress of Clue. Yes. I think it is unquestionable. I think that what Eileen Brennan is doing in this movie is is a different frequency. I think for as good as everyone is, from Tim Curry to, to I Am Your Singing Telegram, for as good as everyone is, I think that Eileen Brennan is in a whole other category. Yeah. I, I, like... And it's also it's my kind of acting. It's character actress acting. It's mannered. It's it, it you know it. She plays with props. She's got the feathered you know headpiece. She's got the cigarette. She's got the glasses. She's got the purse. She uses all of them. Um, sometimes multiples at the same time. You know, and I I think 
what she does like if i were to go to like when she won it it's of course the dinner scene i mm-hmm. i i can't get over like truly my favorite gesture is is how she turns her chin against her shoulder when she says <laughs> and i am determined to enjoy to enjoy myself it's on enjoy yes and it's I I just like and the fact that when she's talking because I love when a when a, uh, a character or you know a, a line includes like a self interruption like where she's talking and then she goes to sip the soup and then she yes, stops yes, yes, and keeps yes. talking. Oh. Um, I mean, I'm perfectly is, prepared. It's like it's yeah, like, uh, it's so good. It I don't know if you remember this from this is a deep cut from season ten of Drag Race when Asia O'Hara does something very similar with a can of Red Bull and a confessional. Like she, she's talking about somebody and then she starts to lift the candy lips and then she turns and puts it down and says, no, you know what? Another thing I got to say is this. I think I remember that. Yes, 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 Mm -hmm. yes, yes. It's one of the best confessional moments. And I love that. I love when someone interrupts themselves to continue. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's timing. It's so smart. Um, I just, I think, I think Eileen Brennan is fucking phenomenal in this. That, those are my opening thoughts. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I said it before. This is my Joe Beth Williams performance. This is the one where I just don't, I, and I know they have like comedy award shows and stuff like that, but none like as maybe prestigious as a Golden Globe or an Oscar too. But the fact that she was nominated for an Oscar prior to this, like, Right or bef- was Clue? Clue was in '85. Private Benjamin. It was prior to this. Okay. Yeah. So she has. This was. Go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say. Like, I think this was like her first big role after her car accident yes. and her um, issue like addiction and whatnot. So um, yeah. So this was after her nomination for Private Benjamin and her BAFTA nomination for Last Picture Show. Yeah, but like, what a comeback story! You know, that could have been. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, some. I shouldn't say sometimes. A lot of the times, like Oscar. Um, like a push of like an Oscar nomination or just like the, you know, during campaigning season is is elevated because of that. Like, well, you know, she came back from this horrific accident and she's mm-hmm. fucking killing it in this movie. Why not? Why not? It is, yeah. it's, it's just like from start to finish, it is the most like nuanced comedic acting I've ever seen on film. Like it is mm-hmm. up there and it, I know it sounds like hyperbole too but like if like I said before like if you just look at the line but look what happened to the cook mm-hmm. and or I, like there's so many other examples that I will I'll try not to list everyone because I definitely could but it's just like you said she leaves no st- uh, like stone unturned at all she elevates every line that comes out of her mouth but it's mm-hmm. also and also the physical comedy is inspired it's like the way that she Oh God, it's so like when they walk from the library when at the very beginning when they're having drinks to dinner, she has this sort of like twist in her hip, and she's mm-hmm. really like being extra bougie, but like mm-hmm. and, and, but that goes away very quickly. Um, as soon as yeah. like mainly like after like that, once everything like starts to pick up, she loses that too. Um, yeah, she loses that composure. Yeah, I mean I love that we even see it in the dinner scene when. Uh, Professor Plum is like questioning her fear of silence and she's I don't remember the line you probably do of like well you know if if I wasn't trying to carry this conversation we would just be sitting here in unbearable silence silence her like voice cracks (laughs) yeah like are you and the way oh but also within that line and he's like (laughs) because there's another one like this too are you afraid of a silence because she's like yes what no no, why and like she puts on her glasses but she stabs her eye by accident yes oh Oh my God! Yeah, the way, like, the acting of how the she puts feathers. on and takes off her glasses, the feathers, the 
I mean, a good example of what you're saying of like lines that on the page are funny or like maybe not like written the same way some of like Wadsworth or Mrs. White's lines are funny is that fabulous moment with Yvette of like wanting, you know, I want to go powder my nose. Uh, is there a, is there a ladies yes. room in the hall? We, we madame. Oh no, I just want to powder just my want nose. To like, my how, nose yeah. how she does that, that, that sort of Kathleen Turner-esque. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Oh gosh. And just like the, the gesture, how she kind of turns in kind of quietly about that and, and even futzes with herself when she says that it's, like I could watch her do the line delivery of I'm oh no no I just want to powder my nose over and over and discover something new. Yes, I love when um, Mr. Body eventually shows up too, and Mr. Green says, "Now how did you know her name?" And she's like, "We know each." He said, "We know each other, don't we, Yvette?" And Mrs. Peacock like kind of holds her fur. She just like kind of protects herself. She's like, and then she says, "Look, I demand to know why we're here." Blah blah blah. Hmm. Uh, I it's. I'm looking at all these lines, too. I mean, there's so many notes. I don't want to just do line readings of everything Eileen Brennan says. I will do a couple. Not right now. But well, I, go. I mean, you know, don't hold back. Uh, this is your moment. I, this is your moment. <laughs> just, I, I would say, um, just to kind of talk about some moments here before I get into some of the lines, is we talked about it before, but maybe she was poisoned in the way that she screams. Like Eileen Brennan has a scream and that's a heart. Like even just the idea of what that scene looks like on paper. If I had to do that, I'd be like, Oh man, this is going to be, it's a little awkward to do. So you have to commit 100% to that too. And he has to like Mm -hmm. guide you and you have to be screaming, (laughs) but the way that she drops the glass and her hand shakes, Ugh. Now, are you, now, is this the first, is this when she takes the drink or when they recreate it? Both times, really. I mean, the recreating mm-hmm. is also just as great, too, because it's a different type of scream. And I feel like you've talked about that maybe when we did our Eileen mm-hmm. Brennan episode and we talked just briefly about Clue or like conversations we have, have had off mic, too. Yeah, I mean, that moment, that for me is also one of my favorite moments is that when Wadsworth is recreating everything that happened and then the moment when... Uh, Mrs. Peacock takes the drink and then, oh, but she, that might be poisoned. And she starts, you know, I feel what I love about it watching it again, I realize is then he kind of grabs her to bring her over the couch. And that's when she starts to like participate and starts screaming yes. again and recreating the screaming and throwing her hands up. And it's, it is so funny to me that she does that, that she, that she plays along and starts screaming again, but it's different. It's a little more muted and recreated. Yeah. And it's, it's such a tiny nuance, but it makes a difference. Oh, oh it does. That's so funny. Um, one of my favorite, like, sort of, like, futzing around moments, too, with, like, everything everything that Mrs. Peacock wears just, like, slowly melts off of her by the end of the movie, too. And one of the mm-hmm. moments is that hat. And I just love that they kept that in there. She's The hat is falling off. It's when Wadsworth is um, locking up all the weapons. And she's mm-hmm. like, but what if you're the murderer? And it's already kind of falling on her face. And... <laughs> He's like, well, I have, the, I, if I have the key, I know I'll be safe. I know I will be safe. And she's like, we don't know the, what we are. And the, the whole thing is just falling. And she's trying to say the line. It is magic. It is so it's good. It's so good. That's one of those moments where it's like ima- imagining being an actor in the room with her and like doing those scenes and like watching her do that. Because I also have to imagine because of how it how she's doing it, that if they did multiple takes, each one is a little bit different, yes. you know, and because it's, it, it's so, you can't direct this. Like, these are those things, you, you know, nobody told her to do that. Like you can't, even if you said like, Oh, you know, 
have trouble with your hat like what she does with it and how she has trouble with it is it almost feels just organic Mm -hmm. like i think that's what i also love about eileen brennan in this is that all of the physical comedy she's doing feels so unplanned and unrehearsed and just feels in the moment yeah one of my favorite this is probably my top five lines um they it's right after dinner wadsworth says he's about to he's like you're all being blackmailed and she's holding a cigarette she doesn't have her glasses on she's like oh please nobody could ever blackmail me my life is an open book i've never done anything wrong <laughs> and then she takes a drag <laughs> of the cigarette <laughs> Oh, another one that and I also yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and like the timing of bringing the cigarette yes. to her lips while she's saying that. I also noticed this recent rewatch when they're at dinner and they they set down the main entree and when she starts eating and there's just this little like oh, oh. This, oh this is so good oh and it's she's the building up acting, to like oh. the chin it's she's like oh the, oh, oh. <laughs> it's I mean genius yeah. it's so fucking funny. Um, I, and, and one other small moment is when they are, uh, pretending that everything's fine in the, in the study with the dead bodies and credit to Mrs. White, credit to Madeline Kahn, you know, or that character, you know, making out with the dead body. But, uh, when she's, when Mrs. Peacock is behind the curtain, moving the cook's arms. Yes. That is one of my notes. And she she goes, oh, yeah. Like, and she's (laughs) like, ah, it's like this sort of, oh. Because the side <laughs> view of that is so great. I love that Colonel Mustard like holds open her eyelids. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, it is <laughs> the great. Um, there was another. One. Okay, so a couple moments here. But when Wadsworth says we, she had friends who were socialists. Everyone kind of just like, kind of was like, oh wow. But Miss Peacock goes. <gasps> she like exhales. <laughs> It's so good. Like, how do you tell someone to do that? Like, how did, like, what's the architecture of that response? And she looks around to see if anyone is that. She's like, oh, no one else, just me. Okay. (laughs) And I think, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, no, I go Um, ahead. When they're in the kitchen and they find the cook and Professor Plum is like, uh, she's like, (laughs) he's like, you're the one who had the dagger. And she's like, yes, but I put it down. He's like, where? In the study, where? I don't know. And then she's like, where? He's like, before I faint, after I faint. I don't know. It's it's one of those like, oh, I just like swapped, like swapped my, you just, I got too excited. You just had a very Mrs. Peacock Yeah, moment. I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your headphone oh, cord God. went in your it's face. So, it's like that sort of confusing uh, sort of tone of voice that she can capture is so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, I think we've talked so much about like physical drama and physical mm-hmm. comedy. And like, I think that this is, just like a masterclass of physical comedy yes. it's and and that it's never that it can be so quote unquote over the top and never feel like it's hitting the wrong note yes you know yes 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 um Ugh. what other ones that i have here even when she's like discovered as the murderer and she gets really really husky i love when he's mm-hmm. when uh, it's like the gun is missing uh turn out your pockets empty your purses and then she pulls out the gun and she's like very well it's just like this like it's totally Mm -hmm. different which i love too it's like yvette dropping the accent too yeah it it's it reminds me of uh that great scene in private benjamin when 
when Judy Benjamin is explaining all the problems with with the bugs, and she's like, "Oh yeah, oh, uh-huh. oh the bugs, like, yeah. she, tell me about the bugs." Yeah, it's yeah, just like, yeah, and she's like amused and growly. It's, I mean, I I think I just love growly, raspy voiced women. I think it's just there's something about that. Um, from Brenda Vaccaro to Eileen Brennan at her growliest yeah. that I, I I just find that nuance so entertaining. Yeah. I do love when she... Um, but she does have this sort of like wise guy thing. Like when he's like, Wadsworth mm-hmm. is like, I suggest we stack the bodies in the cellar, leave quietly one at a time and pretend nothing this has ever happened. She's like, great idea. I'll leave first. Mm-hmm. You don't mind. It's just... Uh, yeah, she... She kind of becomes like old, like, you know, 1930s, you know, gangster yes. uh, towards the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that is something that, you know, we've, we've kind of mentioned before, but I think that I just love about Clue is is just how powerful the women mm. actually are in this movie. And that that's kind of the idea. Granted, you know, they're each murderers, but they are, um, yeah, they're not to be fucked with. And I, I, I kind of love that that's the undercurrent when you could just see them all as damsels in distress, they keep flipping that on its yes. head. Yeah. And it, in the third ending is when she says the, oh my God, of course. It's like, why should the police come? Nobody's called them. Called them. And she's like, you mean, oh my God, of course. It's every, like, everything that I've ever wanted in, like, a mom role. You know what I mean? Like, sort of mm-hmm, like a Staten mm-hmm. Island sort of... Uh, <laughs> like affect in their voice it's great it is great oh i love it i i mean it was like when i heard that and then like realizing was like oh my god i've heard this before and i was kind of like that um that brazilian math meme of the woman like looking around with the uh, with the <laughs> yes. equations and i was like where have i heard this before and that's when i texted johnny and i was i sent him that clip and i was like has it been this the, the whole time? time has you been quoting this the whole time and he was like yes, yes. i said oh I mean, even like obviously, like off the mic, like so many times, and I just was like, "Oh, you're just doing a doing a you're bit, just doing like a Jersey yeah. voice. You're doing a bit." I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, of course, of course." Um, so now I know, and it's uh, that little two second clip that I've sent you. I I've lost count of how often I've watched it. It's just <laughs> of her saying that. I just keep watching her saying that. Yeah, over that's and the over. perfect. I mean, probably the best example of like a line on a piece of paper, like saying, "You mean mm-hmm. question mark." Oh my God, of course. Maybe an exclamation point, maybe a period, but it's like, it could mm-hmm. be like, Oh my God, of course you didn't call. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm realizing this now. But like, the, the that choice alone is, <sighs> that sums mm-hmm. it up. It sums it up for me. Yeah, it sums it up. It's, uh, and it sounds like, you know, when they have like, um, if there's like, a, for some reason, I have to think of it as like a relay race or really a potato sack race where someone has that little can horn and it goes, and then that's like, it's a honk. She is the yeah, can it is, horn. It is. It's a honk. Uh, I, I think that's my other favorite thing about Eileen Brennan is how much of a honk she does. Like she, she full out honked in Private Benjamin. Like yes. that one moment when Judy taps her on the shoulder. And, oh yeah. I, yeah, it. I think that's what I love is Eileen Brennan has a has a honk quality to her voice yes. as well. That is, so I think it funny. comes out when the guy knocks on the door too because she's like, "Oh, whoever it is, they gotta go away or they'll be killed." <laughs> I love that one. Oh, they gotta go away. Yes, and then she and she opens the door and he's like, "Have you ever considered the ki- the kingdom of God or whatever?" She's like, and she goes, "What?" It's so perfect. <laughs> 
And then she says, yeah. "Oh my god, yeah." And that moment of like, what what is the line that she says before she sends? He's like, away? "But your souls are in danger." She's like, "Our lives are in danger." You beatnik. The way that she says beatnik is just. It's so good. And I love the the note that that hits in the movie of like, you know, obviously we don't know that he's actually like yes. the police, but I love that it's like things are so ridiculous and, and they're <clears throat> they're all trying to cover up, you know, when the motorist shows up or when the cop shows up that like everything's fine. And then when when this guy shows up, she's just like, we can't do this right now. We're all getting killed. Yes. And just like she's she's done trying to cover up. Oh, yeah. Up. And that comes I love like that. pretty early in the movie when she it's right after everyone's arguing because they have that great it's like the it's a it's a really funny bit i feel with um colonel mustard and wadsworth were like is there anyone in the house he's like yes no meaning yes is there anybody in the house um but she says Mm -hmm. oh who cares that guy doesn't matter and then she like she like slaps her purse on something she's like let's stay up uh, locked up for another half an hour the police will be here by then and there are two dead bodies in in this study and she's screaming this line like what a choice what a choice because she has to be yeah. loud because they have to shush her like i get that but i just yeah i love that it, it's great oh god yeah, bless she is i mean i my sense is the reason that she did not get any kind of recognition in terms of awards was because the movie was mm-hmm. a flop when it came out but it is i mean if they're going to nominate her for private benjamin for a comedic role which I, I think this is much heavier lifting, honestly. Yeah. Like, if they can recognize that kind of acting and that kind of work and, like, say, oh, yeah, Eileen Brennan, yeah, she's she deserves a nomination. It's like, I don't know how this doesn't. Like, abo- I mean, I would be happy to say if you had to choose one person from this movie to get nominated, I would say Eileen Brennan. But you wouldn't even finish yeah. the sentence, I'd say Or Eileen Tim Brennan. Curry. I would say Tim Curry or Eileen, yeah. Sure. Bet, but women, if mm-hmm. we're just talking about women, yeah. Or just in general, I mean, too, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, it's incredible. She's magic and I love this movie so much. Yeah. Um now I mean I I cuz I have a I have someone in my head for I for Oh yeah, Mrs. let's Peacock talk about we, this imaginary casting. Yes. Imaginary casting. I don't it popped into my head at some point while we were recording, you know, right yes, now while we're in it. I kind of would love to see as Mrs. Peacock Olivia Colman. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could see that. You know, I think she's completely capable of it. I think that she has... I remember when, oh, I, when yeah, she first really got on my radar, right? Like, when she first came on my radar, someone said that she has this Judy Garland quality as well, where it's like, there's just something special mm-hmm. about her. And I know, you know, Dublin Zoe trope might not agree, <laughs> but I... <laughs> But I think that there is something really special about yes. Olivia Coleman and and there's something about her timing and her physical comedy and her the way she plays with line oh, deliveries yes. and the way that she'll swallow words or bark words that it, it's um it Ooh, all feels that. like it's coming you know, it's coming from God knows where. And so I first off the bat would love to see Olivia Coleman as Mrs. Peacock. Yes. Ooh, inspired. That's mm-hmm. really good. I mean, I've had this conversation. I did a, a like a Patreon episode for the No Good, Very Bad Gay on Clue before too, and and, and the, the the ladies or the group of ladies that I really really want for this movie are like SNL ladies. Like it sure. is the Maya Rudolph. I would love to see Anna Gasteyer as Mrs. Peacock. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Like just mm-hmm. someone, like or even like 
in an alternate world like Kristen Wiig as Miss Scarlet or something like that mm-hmm. like and and I think I said like uh I I don't know if she's like aged out at this point too but she might actually be around the same age as Eileen Brennan um is Megan Mullally for Mrs. White like I feel like her oh. and Madeline Kahn have always been sort of she played like the Madeline Kahn character in Young Frankenstein on Broadway she has that same sort of she has the capability to do mm-hmm. it yeah um but part of my part of me just wants like it to be someone completely not like that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's like cuz okay so they're doing this remake i don't know in what step of production it is right now too but ryan reynolds is helming this remake um right and the only other person that's cast is uh, jason bateman oddly enough fine i mean i can see that that uh, yeah that makes sense to me i i feel like he'll be mr green or something like that makes yeah or, or that they works. said who he is but he just he has that quality of he does a lot like deadpan. I think that that's also really necessary is like being really good at deadpan humor. Um, yes. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. I think that would work. Um, but it's just like, it's like w- they're remaking West side story right now. It's like, no one's going to nail that first scene that Anita scene, the way that Rita Moreno, like I will right. just, I will, I will just be hearing those lines read by s- someone else who did it way better. But mm-hmm. I, I also don't know like if it's going to be a word for word, like, copy paste situation as well too for this reboot or whatever you know uh they're calling it yeah but i, I, mean, I f- go yeah i was gonna say one actually i feel like the original is it's it's like there's the story and there's the script but there's the tone there's the feel of it yes. there's this vibe of it that I, I it it feels i think what i like about clue and maybe it's because it's become this cult movie that people analyze and, and kind of look at as a not just like people don't just get lost in the story. They look at all the details of the production. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that the the way we see Clue now has three different endings, it for me, I think Clue becomes more of a meta experience where I'm I'm watching these comedic geniuses do this movie in front of me as versus like being deeply invested in the story as like a real world thing. Like I'm Ooh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I think you know, Poltergeist, it's funny, like, just the most recent example I can think of is last week, talking about Poltergeist, it's such a fantastical experience, but I get so sucked in because it plays on these really human emotions of, you know, these parents trying to find their child, and Joe by fucking Williams just sailing at every moment that uh-huh. I get I get emotionally invested in it. Whereas with Clue, I, I'm watching it from that, like, analytical, like, meta angle of... Uh, I'm always seeing Mrs. Peacock and Eileen Brennan at the same time. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. I, so I totally I, get that too. Yeah, that it's a, it's, a, it's a movie in quotes in some ways. That mm-hmm. like they're they're it's almost as if the acting and the delivery of it is somewhat meta too. That they're all aware of what they're doing. Um, another example of this is like the movie Airplane yes. from the 70s. Yes. I feel like they are all very aware of the tone they're creating. And part of it is by acting as if you're not aware of it in a way. Yeah, it's almost Playing like- Playing it straight. Wa- yeah, it's almost like you're watching like a live improv show. And yes. like you're watching like masters of their craft. And like, it's like they know exactly what they're doing and it just happened to be captured on film. And you're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a great like, that's a great comparison is like watching an improv group because mm-hmm. there is always that that slight like you know we're, we're creating a fantasy here but we all know what we're doing and yeah. 
But if it's um, good enough, you can get sucked in and kind of forget that it is improv. And yeah. And then part of the joy is knowing that, oh, my God, the whole time you guys improvise this. So, yes. like, like recognizing that the meta and, like, see, like not getting sucked into it kind of helps you, enjoy, like, appreciate it more because you can see all of the elements at play here. It's the script. It's the acting. It's the music. It's, it's the fact that the movie doesn't end like a normal movie. It says... Uh, like, hey, that's one way to end this movie. Let's try another way. Yeah. And suddenly, Mrs. Peacock are... was a man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, there's, there's like a, um, there's a, there's a kind of pulling back uh, to appreciate it uh, beyond like the story within the movie. I don't know if that's all making sense, but no, it does. Um, it definitely does. The reason I say all that is I don't know how you recreate that without yeah. being really derivative. You know? Yeah. It's a it's a big matzo ball there. I don't know how like especially yeah. comedy, like drama. You can like make it your own, more so. Like yeah, even like if someone did the be it, I'm sure you thought the same thing when you were um, watching Network on Broadway. You know yes. when you're watching Beatrice Strait or whoever was playing the Beatrice Strait role, mm-hmm. like you're just hearing the opposite person. So I guess that kind of disproves my theory. But uh, yeah, it's like these juggernaut comedic performances too. It's like if someone, if they do like a remake of Bridesmaids like 25 years from now or something mm-hmm. like that, it's like, who's going to be Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy would be great in Clue. I was uh, thinking that too. Melissa McCarthy would be great. Like I also would be into like a female Wadsworth. Ooh, yes. Um, Ooh, that would be yeah, great. I, yeah, I feel like um, for some reason I'm like, where where and how do we cast Kate Blanchett in this? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just anywhere i don't care the dinner will be ready at 7 30 just get kate blanchett yes this, you know yeah <laughs> just like, yeah it's good um i mean i feel like for some reason whenever i think of like who would i cast in this now for some reason emma stone is always like what about me i'm in my mind i'm like mm, yeah i could. feel like uh, maybe a miss scarlet sort of situation mm-hmm. or a yvette i think she'd be really funny Ooh, i mean it'd be a smaller yvette role good, but yeah. i think um and then like Mrs. White, I mean, I feel like that that's where I could see like a Kristen Wig, where it's someone we know how zany she can be. Yes. And then to see her so contained, you're like, well, I know it's in there. I know you can do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, I mean, now that I'm thinking of I know this is going to be the rest of my day. I, I know, wait. I know. I'm thinking, oh, Rose Byrne would be great. Yeah. Like, I'm just going down oh, the line. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the whole cast of Bridesmaids. I'm yeah honestly that's a great place to start um oh my god like Ellie Kemper I think would be Wendy uh, McClendon Covey is like oh (laughs) I would I mean I love her I would love that yes oh yeah so yeah pretty much I would recast Clue with the ladies of Bridesmaids yeah Ellie Kemper is like uh the singing telegram girl yes yes just I mean all of them just they're just happy to be a part of it they'll take a one-line role no big deal yes Ooh, perfect (laughs) yeah oh Wow, John Hamm could be in it. Yeah, of course. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Clue. Um, Clue, guys and gals. Clue. Clue on Amazon uh, Prime. Go watch yeah. it. If anyone ever wants to talk about Clue with me, just send me a message on Instagram or where. However, find me somehow. You can do it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, well, should we get into um, BSAs of the week, Colin? Let's do that. 
Yeah, yeah, we should. Um, so, of course, uh, fr- friends listening uh, who may have not been here before, you all know, may or don't know, that BSA of the Week is, of course, our final segment of our episode every week in which we highlight a performance or a person or a food or a thing or a song or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress in our lives right Oof. now. Love it. Um, so, uh, do you have any nominees or just winners? What do you got this week? I do. I have uh, two nominees. Uh, okay. I recently watched, I talked about it on Squirrel Friends briefly, um, but I watched The King of Staten Island. Yeah. Um, um, I haven't watched it yet, but you texted me about it. Yes. And you mentioned lady names, and I was Ooh, like, well, that's yes. all I need. So, I mean, yeah. the two BSAs of that movie are Marissa Tomei and Pamela Adlon. And Pamela mm. Adlon is the Beatrice Strait of the movie. Like, she really only has one scene, but it's great. Oh, oh my God. Like, folks listening, if you ever want to sell me on something, <laughs> this is how you do it. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. I am literally about to just stop recording yes. and run to the other room and watch it. Thank you. But I, but I also think, and I, because you know who Pamela Adlon is. Did you watch it? Yes. Okay. Because so, I think and a I've lot seen... of that. Yeah, go ahead. Is it Better Things? Is that her Oh, I haven't show? seen that. So that's even better that you have, too, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of this, the weight of me saying that is predicated on the fact that you you kind of know who she is and kind of know what she's typically giving you in a Pamela Adlon role. She plays yeah. the mom of... It's, it's like she plays a mom, and so does Marissa Tomei. And really, that's also another way to just like... Yeah, <laughs> to I'm convince you, doubly sold. I was like, I mean, again, folks, if you're listening and want to know how to sell me on yes. something, Marissa Tomei plays a mom. Yeah, and just like <laughs> a mom that's like fed up and also going through like some grief as well too. It is a surprisingly really poignant and uh, at times really just touching movie with like it's it's like it's a great example of like what Jad, Judd Apatow can do too. And like it is long; it's like two hours and twenty six minutes or something like that. But it does go by fairly quickly. I uh, I, okay. was, I was saying on Squirrel Friends too that he. He's pretty infamous for not wanting to like edit his movies down, so he kind of keeps a mm-hmm. lot of it in. But I loved all of it. I loved everything that he kept. Um, uh, Pete Davidson is great. I think he's mm-hmm. like a sort of an okay. unexpected. Like I, I was really impressed with him. His emotional scenes could have been more emotional, but I also think that's part of his character. As far as like he doesn't, he doesn't know how to process emotion either. Too. So there's a lot of complicated storylines marissa tomei is great she wears these incredible glasses these sunglasses to be more specific that i just am obsessed with so i'm excited to hear your review i hope i haven't built it up too much but i feel like you are going to love it i mean i yeah i if anything pamela adlon being the beatrice straight of a movie Oh my gosh. And I I love her. I love her voice. Yes. I love the gravelly of, raspiness yeah, of her voice. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, it just yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Yes. And my other nomination from the BSA of the week is um uh Johnny and Amanda on the most recent episode. Not maybe most recent at this point too, but when the two of them get together, it just brings me a lot of joy cuz I know we've done a lot of crossover. Obviously, you and I are doing mm-hmm. this podcast. And I've I've teamed up with Johnny several times too, and I've always enjoyed my time with him. But there's something about Johnny and Amanda together that just 
it tickles me pink as Tatiana would say it mm. really does like they have such a great chemistry and I love how Johnny kind of like lets loose a little bit more when he's on that uh, when he's on Teen Mom and mm-hmm. it really brought me a lot of joy this week I was having a uh, you know we're all kind of having bad days bad weeks bad months nowadays but uh, mm. it brought me a lot of joy this week and uh, go listen to Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom with Johnny <laughs> Yeah, I haven't listened to that episode Ooh, yet, it's but so it's good. in my queue. Yes, yeah, a lot of laughs. Um, oh, good, good. Yeah. Um, well, I um, you, I don't have I don't have any nominees, but I do have a winner this Yay. week. Um, I uh, and I I text this to our Squirrel Mary group chat. Speaking of crossovers, yeah. um, so uh, you know, podcast favorite Pluto TV Oof. is oh, pretty much always airing episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's uh, th- yeah, go download Pluto Pluto TV, everyone. Pluto TV, for God's sake! Yeah, <laughs> that should be their tagline. For God's sake! For God's sake! Are you watching? Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but they, uh, yeah, they pre- pretty much have a RuPaul's Drag Race channel. I love and that. And so when I when I need to just have something on, like the sense of television on in the background while I'm doing chores or whatever. Um, and like I think we talked about this when you first talked about Pluto TV is like, and there's commercial breaks and it kind of feels like, oh yeah, maybe I'll take a commercial break and go get a snack and like that, that vibe. I was like, yeah, I, I don't because I don't have TV, so like I don't really have that experience anymore. Yeah. So I'll just like put on Drag Race while I'm just like you know if I just want background noise or I'm cleaning or whatever. And uh, most recently they were re-airing episodes from All Stars Two, mm. and for folks who are listening who are. Drag Race fans, I'm sure there's a number, you know, considering crossovers from our other yeah. podcasts. It is as good as everybody remembers it to Ugh. be. Uh, for folks who are not Drag Race fans, All Stars 2 is is quintessential good television. Yes. It's great television. I, especially now because All Stars 5 is happening and it's it's been a little mixed and... That always happens, you know. Yeah. Sometimes that happens earlier in the season. And by the end, everyone's like, "Oh my god, this was the best season ever," because we forget the wonky, you know, episodes in the first half. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm, and and part of me was like, eh, "Am I just being a little too hard on All Stars Five? Should I be enjoying this more?" But then watching All Stars Two again, I was like, "No, this is pitch perfect. The cast, I can't get over how good the I cast know. is." I, I still lie awake in bed at night thinking. Just like wishing a door had not left. I just I like, just even as see, I watch yeah. it, I, I always just like convince myself that it's not going to happen. It's like watching Titanic. It's like, what if the boat didn't sink? You know? Uh, right. Because right. she could have been a, fr- I mean, I don't know. Maybe she wouldn't have gone. I, but I feel like she was considered a front runner for sure. Going Certainly into that in, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Go on, um, go on. And just the unbridled joy of watching Roxy Andrews in All Stars 2. Yeah. I'm telling you. I, I mean, I will. <clears throat> always sing the praises of her Ava Perone. Yes. Oh, in the in the Herster of the World. It's so good. She's so funny. She looks so beautiful. She looks so she beautiful. So it's, well. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like in season 12, they had the Madonna musical, and like, I don't understand why Jada Essence Hall didn't win. Mm. She was so good, but she was just safe. And I feel the same way about Roxy as Ava Perone. I was like, this was so good. Yeah, Detox. Was that Detox's robot runway? Yes. Because I know, uh, yes. okay, because that's yeah. what probably got her in the top because her her other thing was fine. Alyssa was great. Oh, Alyssa was also in the top, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's just worth, it's worth remembering. Just Roxy Andrews is a joy the entire yeah, she's season. she's so good at drag. 
So good. yeah, and as someone who was reviled on season five as the villain, it's it's the ultimate redemption. I, it really she was is. just such a joy to watch. So um, it, it's just it, especially if you're looking for something to watch, easy, fun, good TV. Even if you've seen All Stars two before, go back and watch it again. It's just so fucking good. Mm. Amen. Yeah, so that's my BSA of the week. What's you, who's your winner? Uh, my BSA of the week, after a lot of consideration, uh, is Sarah Highland. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I had to say it. I just love Why? her so much. You know, <laughs> that East Village hood rat queen. Uh, that's a Drag oh Race God. reference from this past week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, the gays yeah. are up in arms. Gay Twitter is ablaze. <laughs> um, I mean, gay Twitter is is burning down left right and yes. center these days but this is one more thing yeah. uh but no it's not sarah highland it is britney spears on instagram oh yes I, this has been a long yes. time coming she is yes. fantastic she gives good instagram uh and she's it's like oh my gosh it's i i don't even know where to start with this either too and like a lot of this is going to sound like i'm poking fun or it's like at her expense. And there's like a little bit of that too, because I know she's been through a lot. The girl's been through a lot. I'm not a, a uh, like a 100% Britney stan. I don't know everything about her life, but I know she's been through some things. So she's just chilling in her amazing house with her super hot boyfriend. Have you seen him? Mm-hmm. I've seen a picture oh, of him. Uh, goodness. Once once I saw the um, her, mes- her message to everyone at the LGBTQ community, I mean... I then yeah. needed to look up the boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she also burnt her gym down, which is just like the ultimate, like <laughs> you have to just go back. She's like, hi everyone. And like, it's, it's, there's so much nuance in like how she looks in every episode. Like the, the smeared mascara, the crop tops, the dancing, the fast forwarded like workouts that she does. Um, but the, the best thing, like specifically it is the LGBTQ like pride announcement on Instagram, which is, it is, it is incredible. And like the fact that her boyfriend yells out and he's, he's saying go LGBTQ. Like it's a positive thing that he's saying, but like, Mm -hmm. and it's like the most human I've seen her. And I don't know, I hope that it wasn't planned that way, but um, it's just like, cause she just has a a gen, like a genuine human reaction when she said, baby, shut up. Uh, It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. Or she said, baby, be quiet. I think she says, Um, yes. And there's so many new, she says to all my friends at the LGBTQ community, Happy Pride Month. Yeah. You guys bring so much uh, heart, passion, and articulate everything you do. Because of you, I've had the best nights of my life. I love you so much. It is magic. It's insane. It's so good. And it, it, I mean, yeah, like, it, from the way that she looks, the way that she's standing, the I mean, it, it there's something kind of manic about mm-hmm. it where you're like, should we be concerned about you? Um, it's a little, like... Like, I might have taken a second take, obviously, because it doesn't really make sense. But the fact that she didn't is kind of lovely. Of course. To everyone at the LGBTQ community, I was like, is that? I'm checking Google Maps for (laughs) where the community center is. Where's the hub? Um, And the way that she says, and you articulate everything you do, it's like, could you articulate more what you are trying to say? But that's what makes it so good. I know. I know. You know, and there's always that part of me that that is, you know, the 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 sour gay. That's like, ugh, I don't want to just be responsible for having a fun night with a gay club with you. Like, I'm more than sure. that. But you know, like whatever. Like that's just me being like, um, uh, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I I love that if 
there is a part of him that's like, if all of this is like Andy Kaufman level performance, she's nailing oh, that yes. person who says, I love gays because they're fun to party with. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. But we'll take it. I sure. love her on Instagram and she continues to bring me a lot of joy. Uh, so yeah, Brittany. Brittany on Instagram. Brittany on Instagram. Yeah. 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 Uh, kind of perfect in 2020 what, what she's become on Instagram. I'm like, yeah. Yes. If, you know, uh, this would make sense for Britney Spears. If you, you know, look back in the past 20 years, this, this you know, pop star has been around forever. It, it makes sense that this is how we're seeing her and experiencing her in the year 2020. <laughs> yes. With everything going on. It's like, right yeah. on time. Yes. Right on time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, well, oh my God, of course. Oh, speaking of right on time. Right on time. We're getting played off. Oh. So, um, well, uh, before uh, before we shuffle off out of here, uh, where can people find more of you to queen out about Eileen Brennan with? Oh, my goodness. Um, they can find me on the No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast. They can find me on the Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour podcast where we're covering, also covering All Stars 5. Uh, and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kochanov. Send me your thoughts on Clue or Eileen Brennan or Mrs. White or Madeline Kahn, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'll queen out about Clue anytime, any day. Uh, yeah. How about you, Colin? Where can we find more of you? Well, you can find more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. Um, I think I'm going to put out another new episode probably towards the end of this week. Um, and then you can find me on All Right Mary, talking about All Stars 5. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us or get in touch with both of us in a, yeah. in a best supporting context uh, on Twitter at BSA pod. Or you could email us. Yeah, you can email us at at the BSA pod at gmail.com. Send us mm. your thoughts. <sighs> what, a, well, what an episode, Colin. I'm, I feel so fulfilled. I good. feel so thankful. Yeah. Yeah, to I, Colleen Camp, Leslie Ann Warren, Madeline Kahn, Tim and the Curry. Queen of all. Oh yes, I was going to say the Queen of All, but Tim Curry is also Tim the Curry. Queen of all. I, yeah. I think that's accurate, but of yes. course, the Queen of Queens, the BSA of all BSAs. Yes, uh, on, on, on all. What am I trying to say? On all uh, fronts, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, really, a, a Hall of Famer. Miss me to Hall of Fame. Yeah, Ms. Eileen Brennan, uh, we thank you, we recognize you, and um, we... And I'm going to go home and sleep with my <laughs> wife. Well, I think <laughs> never more could I say, and that is, as they say... Is that. I fucked it up. <laughs> Goodbye.